Second Corinthians chapter two. There is victory in Jesus. I know that's almost cliche. We we so live that. But if you get down and break that down and put that in your life, then you'll never have a bad day. You'll always win because there's victory in Jesus. So the more real that Jesus is, the more real your victory. And like Kimberly was talking, the miracle, what Deborah was talking, the miracle is in your grasp. Hallelujah. In uh, chapter two, verse, uh, where's that? Verse 14. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So it's by us. The savor of his knowledge is by us. So wherever you go, there's an aroma, there's a fragrance, there's a, a sense of, of him that's in you that goes out from you. Uh, they said, Charles Finney, you know, we'd get on a train and people would just start, as he would walk down a train aisle, they would just start crying out, falling in the floor, you know, I'm a sinner. Uh, how, must, how might I be saved? Just complete turnaround there. Uh, we know John G. Lake held the, 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 the froth, the, the deadly, the epidemic froth, and it died in his hands just because of the presence. There's a presence on each one of us. And the word says it always causes us to triumph. Always. Always. That means like every time without exception. So uh, how, how is this triumph? How do we win? Now, there's lots of times that we won or we triumph or we came out on the other side and it was good. But it's not really powerful until you know what you did to get there. Because, you know, if you get healed and you don't know how it happened, you don't know what came together, then you'll say, ah, it was the red socks. I had on red socks that Thursday. And so now if I ever need to get healed, I'd get my red socks out. And we know, well, that's crazy. That's not in there. But we many times don't know any more than that about what happened. So I like to, and we should all learn the mechanics, the principles, the foundations of why the kingdom happens. Because they say you never know what God's going to do. Well, sure you do. It happens the same every time for the same reason every time. It's always the same. There is just never anything out of order. So if we can figure that out, that's what I, I love to do is find the principles. And then whatever your trouble is, whatever your challenge, just plug it into the principles and the light comes on. Amen. Instead of saying, well, let's get the prayer chain up and let's get the... Uh, Let's do this and let's do that. Let's everybody fast or let's uh, if you'll go to this particular shrine or whatever. If you don't know, you're just walking around trying. But if you know, then you have no fear. It'll work every time. So I found I looked at this and that the that the way you win every time, the way you always triumph in Christ Jesus has got two elements, as you would expect. There's God's element and there's my element. That sounds right, doesn't it? We can't do it without him and he won't do it without us. Most people, many people, several people think that God is in control and that God does what he wants to do and to who he wants to do it and to what degree. And that anything that's contradictory to that or to uh, to the word is just that God has a personality and that he's exercising it. He's just he's he's like us. He's moody. He's uh, he's uh, vindictive. 
If you've been doing bad things, well, then you can't expect what somebody that's been doing good things. But then you go out there and you find out that good people are suffering just just like bad people. And you go, so it's not goodness. We would like to think it is. So uh, I wrote down, I, I put the two elements that are needed in us to always win is potential and cooperation. The Lord's part would be the potential part, wouldn't it? He sets the boundaries. If you think you can fly, you can just take off. Well, then you go, well, that's what I think that a Christian ought to be able to do is just fly. But then you went to the word and you find out that's not in your potential. Even in all the miracles of the Old and New Testament, nobody ever flew. Walked on the water, which is just as good, but nobody ever flew. So you say, I, I, I don't have that potential. I can't even believe for it. I can't even extend myself. I can't cry out to God. Oh, Lord, I want to be a great big star and fly. And nobody's ever been. Nobody's ever flew on their own. So if I understand the boundaries, the jurisdiction of the potential, then I can find out if I want to cooperate with that. And I'll tell you, it's a lot simpler than most everybody thinks. And so we end up not cooperating because it's not hard enough. There's not enough suffering. People love to suffer. I know they hate the suffering, but they love to suffer because they're they're clicking it off. This is what it takes. I'm going to suffer this long and this hard, and that's going to get me that reward. But what a disappointment it is to suffer for nothing. Nobody likes to suffer for no reason. And you find out, well... Well, so-and-so suffered and they got a great victory. Well, there was another thing involved. It wasn't their suffering that did it. So, Lord, if you'll, you, you hear lots of testimonies and this is rampant. Lord, if you'll get me out of this situation, I'll serve you all the rest of my life or I'll do this and I'll do that. And then they get out of it. And you go, well, that's the key then. It's, <laughs> they got out of it anyway. It, it has nothing. The two are not connected. So there's God's side of the victory. And then there's my side of the victory. And if I don't know his side, I don't believe in his side. You know, a lot of people don't believe in miracles. Amazing, but they don't believe in miracles. And, and the way they get around that is to say they passed away. They were, but now they're not. You know, God doesn't need miracles. He's got the church and God doesn't need. He, they, they come up with all sorts of things about the gifts of the spirit. They, we don't need those. Those things passed away with the last apostle or whatever their theology, whatever they just make it up as they go. So if you don't believe God has the potential of miracles, you got to pray that God will direct the doctor's hands or have favor at the bank or, or, you know, that your loan will go through. That's the extent of your potential. Instead of supper just flew by and we're going to stop and go out there and get it. So if you believe that, if you believe it's possible, then then here it comes. You can get the coin out of the fish's mouth. You can walk on the water. So we that's why we read about the miraculous every time we step up on Sunday is we want to expand our potential. We want to believe that God that did for them will do for me now. And since it's working stuff out of our head that's not true so that we can work stuff in our head that is true. It's just like painting a wall. We just have to do it all the time. So every Sunday morning we stand up and talk about the supernatural. 
Even if it's about the iron did swim or the, the fish had a coin or walking on the water or the oil that, that, uh, that ran, that never ran out. Yeah, so we talk about that. Moses struck the rock and, it, and, and there was 2.3, who knows, 3.4 million people there. And then, you know, the next morning you got to have a drink. So the water literally followed them wherever they went after that. It's just it's bigger than you can imagine. The quail, the quail flew in every evening. Tons and tons and tons of quail flew in every evening. And they ate. They ate meat because they complained about the, the manna. And I would too. So let's turn to Psalm 77. Yeah, we want a different jelly on our bread. And, and they were eating manna, which literally in the Hebrew means what is it? <laughs> what? How excited can you get about that? Psalm 77. This is Old Testament, but it works for this. We're talking about God's side of the victory. What does he limit you and I to? And you got to know. We went to a meeting one time up uh, north uh, and uh, there was a woman that got up in this meeting. It was a Holy Ghost meeting. She got up and she came up in front and she just kind of broke ranks and got up there and she said, I'm, I'm going to have a baby and I don't need a man. And it was like, okay, girl, <laughs> that has happened, but uh, heaven spoke about it extensively before it did happen. And uh, he's not mentioned you, whatever your name is, Teresa or whatever. And, but she just, and she just was wild eyed. Well, we all knew that wasn't possible because it wasn't in her potential. This, this limits what God will do. And so if you can get the limits off or find out where the limits are, then you can walk right up to the edge of that. And so uh, they sat her down and tried to straighten that thing up. Psalm 77, look in verse 15. You, we all know this story. And, uh, and we watched the Ten Commandments last night. So this was, this was real good. Hallelujah. Verse 15 Thou hast with thine arm redeemed the people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed the people. And then he goes and tells how he redeemed them. The water saw thee. So he's talking about the Red Sea, isn't he? Now I tell you, that was a really good movie last night that showed they did an amazing thing, however old this thing was. I watched it before I was in high school, so I know it's ancient of days. The water stood up. And, and in the movie last night, it was so amazing because there was a dust trail as they were taking their, their carts and everything. It was a dust trail. It wasn't even like the ground was still wet. God really did fix it. The water saw thee, O God, the water saw thee. They were afraid. The waters were afraid. The depths also were troubled. You know, we could use a little bit of humility before the Lord, a little awe and wonder before him. If the waters are, in, 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 are astounded, Maybe we should be too. The depths also were troubled. Wow, God. The, the clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. And thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. We have quite a transaction going on here. The creator of all is interfacing with 
nature. Thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters. And thy footsteps are not known. In other words, we don't know how you did that. Thou leadest thy people like a flock by the hand. The Amplified, listen to this. This is very interesting. Kind of brings some clarity to it. You have with your mighty arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters at the Red Sea and the Jordan saw you, saw you, the waters saw God. Isn't that an interesting perspective? The waters... The waters, they're not people. They're not animals. The waters saw you, oh God, they were afraid. The waters were afraid. That's how we're able to speak to the mountain yes. and it obey us yes. because they're real. The deep shuddered also for all the waters saw you. The clouds poured down water. The sky sent out a sound of rumbling thunder. Your arrows went forth in forked lightning. You thought it was an electrical transaction, but he said it was uh, an arrow. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings illumined the world. The earth trembled and shook. I think of it being like when Jesus was crucified and the, the sky turned dark and uh, that, that thing. Your way in delivering your people was through the sea and your paths through the great waters, yet your footsteps were not traceable. So that was God. That was his part. And if you see the movie, you know, if you, if you saw, you know, Moses eventually got out of the delivering business and was the head of the NRA. <laughs> Charlton Heston. Amen. But listen to this in the Living Bible. This is we always quote this one. Your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. Now, there is our answer. For everything we're facing. There's a road through your trouble. They were at the sea, so the road for them was through the sea. And the answer is wherever you are, God's already prepared a place. It says there through, that no one knew was there. How about if the Lord went ahead of you and I in our situation, figured it out and got ready before we even got there? How about if he wasn't just like people are, which is like if they have trouble, they start thinking about it when they see the trouble. How about if the Lord was great and he said, I saw the trouble 10 million years before it happened. And so I put a roadway down. National Geographic, I saw the article, said that they did some things from space and they saw the road through the water that Moses undoubtedly led the people through. It was a ridge. It was a high ground uh, surrounded by the, the sea, the deep water. It was a ridge that went under the surface of the water from one side to the other. Uh, that was National Geographic. They're not, they're not really on the apostolic council of, uh, of miracles and signs and wonders. So we take what Kimberly shared about the fish with the coin's mouth. We go back to Peter and we look at how he walked on the water and how amazing, how how you cannot ever even get your head around it. I know scientists that have said, well, there was an east wind and it blew back the shallow marshes and that's how the people walked across it, uh, that it really wasn't spectacular at all. So there's always some of that, but uh, then they just discount the fish in the, in the fish with the coin in it and say that just is a flat lie, it's a myth, it's not true. So it's based on what I can believe. That's what she was talking about, it's your miracle 
is based on what you're willing to accommodate. If you think it can't happen, if you think everything passed away for the supernatural, that's where you'll live, isn't it? So how, what's the limits? What's the limit? How far will the Lord let you go? Surely he doesn't let you go just whenever, wherever he goes. Surely his, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah 55 says, surely there's a limit. Ah, but that was Old Testament. Then he said in the new, I've given you the mind of Christ. Then he said in Ephesians 3.20, uh, the limits are exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, meditate, and imagine. I, he said, whatever you can come up with, I've already beat that. I see your three aces and, and raise you <laughs> whatever in poker. He, he's, he's already got ahead of where we are. So would you think with me that this is little thinking that we're living in, that we're very, very limited, that the Lord has given you a pass to see all there is. And we're just saying, I, 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 we don't want much. We're just we're just little humans. We're just we're not worthy of that. We're we don't have that kind of power. He's kind of like, whatever. It's really it's already in the word. And this is this is old covenant. This is. This is coming out of Egypt. The Lord wanted them to get to the other side. And here we are. He's trying to get the Messiah in the earth. He needs his people to be set free. They were in bondage 430 years. Imagine there was no warriors in them. They were brick makers and goat herders and, 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 and cart handlers and whatever they did. And yet. So God's love is his potential. How much does God love you and me? There is nothing that he would withhold to them who loves him. So why would we ever be concerned or worried? Why would we ever be nervous about the future? I don't know how that's going to work out. I, I guess you'd have to submit that to the committee of great things and put it up against the Red Sea and the gold coin and the walking on the water and say, How, how's that? Do you have a basis for being concerned? If the Lord came through in all those, would you have a basis for saying, you know, I don't know if we have enough money to make it this month or the car's kind of making a weird sound. What are we going to do about that? It seems like it's so trite and trivial that you wouldn't even dare mention it in the face of the Red Sea opening up. Are y'all with me? It's like if you need to pay the temple tax. He didn't even say he put bait on the hook. This, this, this fish was looking for just a silvery thing going through there and jumped on it. And it was a big enough fish to have a coin in its mouth. I mean, we, you, you can't even get your head around that. You can't even get your head around that and say, well, I, I can see that. No, you can't. Your head can't go there. We've, we're not programmed in any dimension on the earth to think like that. There is nothing that has precedence that we have experience about to say, well, I had a little thing that was similar to that that happened to me. No, you didn't. It's, it, it's never. You never even heard about anything that, like that. Unless it was a miracle, unless someone got a supernatural. So we would say that God's potential is in his word. And if you can be limited by what's in his word, then then you need to just step back and say, good enough. If the if the meal of if the barrel of meal never ran dry, 
If the manna fell for all those years, without exception, double on, double on, what was it? Double on Friday. Would that be the day before the Sabbath? It fell six days and it was double on one of them, we'll say. And it never missed. It never like God, God didn't mess up and say Tuesday. I, I got that messed up. It, we shouldn't have double day on Tuesday. It was always perfect. We, we think so little of what the word says. We do not, we're not faithful generally. We're faithful to believe him about salvation. We're lots of things. But the miraculous, the supernatural, the, 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 the way of victory, we should never take a thought. And I, I don't like to say shame on us. I don't believe in that. That's not who we are. But we can do better. And so we are entangled with this world to not be believers. So we should have testimony. And what you testify about on Sunday morning, it helps us. Because some of y'all come up with some stuff. It's like, yeah, buddy, that's, that's out there. It wasn't a parting of the Red Sea, but it was for us. It was. It was the fish uh, having a coin in its mouth. It was the walking on the water. It could not happen had he not intervened. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Amen. So let's talk about the other side, because just because he can do that, obviously there's a lot of people that aren't taking advantage of that. And I'd be one of them. He's willing to do exceeding abundantly above what I've ever asked or thought. But I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't expecting it. I had no capacity inside of me to say that's coming. While we struggle with healing. Shame on us. I mean, not shame on us, but bad. <laughs> bad. Why, why are you not believing every single time you're attacked in your body? Why are you sitting there going, I wonder what I'm going to do with this? That's just wrong. It's just wrong to, to go over to 1 Peter 2.24 and, and read that, believe that, and then say, what are we going to do? And there may be churches that, don't, that aren't as far along as we are in that realm. Maybe we are stretched, but we've got a long ways to go. So let's talk about the second thing that always brings us victory. There's God and his love that brings us his potential. What he says, I will do this for you. Up to this amount, up to this limit, I will do it. He said, if you can get past the Red Sea opening and the, and the, the, the coin, if you can get past all that, well, we'll look at it and see. Because he does things that you go, that's not in the Bible, but he did them anyway. So maybe... It's more than even the Bible says. He's just laying us a pattern down to say, keep it in this realm. Keep it in the Red Sea opening. Keep it, keep it in the oil didn't stop. Keep it in the meal, the, the barrel of meal didn't, didn't quit. Keep it in that. Well, Lord, that's everything. Yeah, that's his point. So what about me? Turn with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 14. Go west a few. Exodus chapter 14. Well, west is left. Right is east. Everybody knows that when you're facing the north. Everybody knows that. Chapter 14, verse 13. 
Verse 14, verse 13, excuse me. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That was actually in the movie, sort of. Which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. That was in the movie too. Well, golly, it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the B-I-B-L-E. Uh, let's read it again. And he said, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today, as in right now. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Now that reminds me of uh, the, the story in Kings where the, uh, the prophet, uh, Elisha, he was one of them. It was Elijah or Elisha, whichever one it was, in chapter 7, I think. Uh, he came and he said, you're splitting your babies and sharing them and it's, it's as bad as it's ever been. But this time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, it'll be, food will be in the streets. Yes. And then that officer that stood on the king's staff said, if this thing were to be, it's impossible. And he said, well, it will be, the prophet said to him, but you will not see it. And then 24 hours later. So what a reversal. What a reversal in 24 hours where they're, they're like I said, they're, they're eating each other's babies and, and just terrible, ter as bad as anybody's ever seen. Uh, the Lord reversed it. So we have to change our thinking. That story right there, I'll tell you. This story right here. In just a few hours, he completely reversed it. So what is your situation that you go, yeah, but I got a real situation. Really? You got, you got Pharaoh coming over the hill? <laughs> really? You, you got, yeah. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. That's always good advice, isn't it? I'll say amen. amen. Hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, oh, no, I thought that was the end of it. I thought that was the end of it. The Lord said what he would do. I thought that would be the end of it. The Lord said he'd do this or could do this. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore Christ thou unto me? Wherefore thou Christ unto me? What are you doing jabber jawing about your situation when you know my potential? He said, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But then he said in verse 16, but lift up thy rod and stretch it out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You go, well, yeah, but that was God speaking to Moses. And then Moses had to get it to the people. Well, I'll tell you, it's a new and better way. He's speaking to all of us. And this is just as real. This is just as impacting as if God showed up at Moses and you're standing next to him. You heard the whole thing where God said, I'm going to do it. And you go, yeah, I heard it. I heard what he told Moses. He said, lift up your rod and he lifted up his rod. I saw the whole thing. Well, it's the same or even more. And we say it all the time. If Jesus were to show up your front door and say, I've come to help you with your bills or I've come to help you with your baby that's sick. 
And you go, well, God, that would have to be if Jesus showed up, if there was a he showed up. It's still more sub, subject to, to error than you reading it out of the word. By his stripes, you were healed. You go, oh, I want to see him. Well, it's what Thomas said. I don't believe unless I see. Jesus said, well, that's fine. Take a look. But blessed is he that believes without seeing. Yes. The uh, message translation on this. Well, excuse me, the living says the Lord will fight for you and you won't need to lift a finger. But the message says Moses spoke to the people. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. And then he said, take a good look at the Egyptians today for you're never going to see them again. God will fight the battle for you and you you keep your mouth shut. I kind of like that translation. <laughs> God said to Moses, why cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites and order them to get moving. So husbands, we should find out from God what he said our potential is. Line ourselves up for our family and tell them, don't say a word. You might not want to say shut up, but you, however, you, however you communicate, you know, let's, let's keep it to ourselves. And then you'd say, let's get moving. Let's move toward the miraculous. Let's move towards the supernatural. Let's not move for what are we, for, towards what are we going to do? How is this going to turn out? What are we going to have or what are we not going to have? He said, let's, let's, husbands and wives, we, we ought to do that together. Amen. And if you're not married, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. You just have to talk to yourself. You know, the word says this. I love this. This is so powerful. It's so simple. But the word says that two is better than one. Let's say it together. Two is better than one. Relationships keep us connected to things when we don't even like people. We don't want to be involved with people, but we need them. Well, I looked it up while she was reading that. It says in Matthew chapter 18. Let me look real quick here. See if I can find it. Uh, <laughs> verse 19. I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth, if two of you, two is better than one. If two of you shall agree as on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. If two of you. He kind of took that one thing out. That one thing, it's, I don't need nobody. That, that's, that's, you are going down when you say, I don't need nobody. Because it's being with somebody that keeps us straight. <laughs> we, we'd get very prideful if everything happened, but we have to interface with other people. And so I wrote this down under my part, the believer's cooperation. There's God's part, his love and his potential. There's my part is my cooperation. Let's say that word together. Cooperation. Now, that is a powerful, powerful word. It's the word that's in the definition of submit. It means to come under. It means to agree. Cooperation. But I'll tell you all of your troubles, family, all your troubles that you ever had that weren't just based on flat out ignorance. But that was a long time ago. 
was based on our unwillingness to cooperate. Did you hear I just gave you a big key to your life? The trouble that you've had is because you and I were slow to cooperate. The answer was right there. But we stepped back and said, I want to think about this. I want to look at this. I want to reason this thing out. I want to, I want to meditate on it. And, you know, if Moses had said, we need to think this over, you know where he would be. Him and all the children of Israel would have gone. So my part of the miracle, my part of the triumphing in Christ Jesus, my part is to agreeing. Well, let me say this. The decision decision is the place of power. We know that. And agreement is the place of power. But we could put them together and say the decision to agree to cooperate is the place of power. Let me say it again. The decision to agree to cooperate. How many marriages have been dissolved and cast out because they just could not agree to cooperate with each other, to submit, to agree, to come under? How many that just said, I'm not going to cooperate? I'm not giving this up. You have to give it up. I'm not giving up this. And they go, well, we can't cooperate. Let's go our way. How many churches have been split because somebody just wouldn't agree to cooperate? So there's no power. With strife, there's no power in strife, is there? Every evil work comes out of strife. And so what is strife? Well, it's the, the resistance or the unwillingness to cooperate. So what if I was willing to cooperate with people? I'd have to, I'd have to notch down my pride. It's like I'm, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm putting in with you and I don't even think your plan and your way to go is as good as my way. But I'm going to cooperate. I'm going to take the lesser position for cooperation's sake because two is better than one. Now, you have to get saved on your own. You can't get saved in pairs. Can't get baptized in the Holy Ghost in pairs. Just because mama prays in tongues doesn't mean you're going to heaven. But after we get to be believers, we're supposed to cooperate. And, uh, uh, I wrote down there's no victory where there's no submitting to tr truth. When we don't cooperate with truth, we're what the Bible calls stiff-necked. Boy, the stiff-necked doesn't get anything from God, the double-minded. Let's turn to Matthew 25. Do I got a little bit? Just a little bit. We, we should finish this up this morning. It's not, it's not hard. Because we all already are cooperating with the Word by being here this morning. I said we're already cooperating with the plan of God just to, to sit under His Word. There's a lot of trouble, a lot of expense, a lot of time to get to church, to open your Bible, to, to listen to a tape or whatever. But that's what we do when we cooperate. And I'm telling you, church... We have a blessed life. Yes. The only way that you would say it wasn't blessed is because you've seen all the blessings of the Lord that are yet to be that we're trying to get our faith around that's still out there. But we have a blessed life. And you're not even to the end of anything. God's not shown you his best and he certainly hadn't shown you his last. He is in the business of keeping the queue full for whatever you want to do. We can go, we do go as fast as we want to. 
But I'm telling you, it's not just ignorance. We, we know exceeding abundantly above. We know always triumph in Christ Jesus. We, we know greater is he that is in me. We know all those truths. So it's not like we don't know. It's just a failure. It's a lockdown to cooperate. And Americans, it's harder on us because other nations that are under a dictatorial system, they're forced to cooperate. They just get into the system and they just start walking like little minions according to the system. But in America, we are taught to not cooperate. We all have a vote and we want that and that's good. But when churches start voting, how would you like to vote? How would you like to be the pastor that's coming in? And uh, well, we won't even go there, but they just strive, strive. If you put things to a vote, then the people that didn't get their way are mad. Why would you do anything? Why would you offer any system that you knew half or a quarter of the people were going to be madder than hops when you got through? Only three fourths or half got their way. And the other ones are like, oh, yeah, we'll cooperate. We'll do that. Yeah, right. Like, sure. No, they're mad because they think the three quarters that got their way are idiots. So you should never do that. You shouldn't have family votes. I've had people in the past, I'll just go here for a moment, that said uh, they, they, uh, they went to children's church and said, uh, we're going to ask if we can go on this trip or have do this or whatever. I'll ask the pastor. Well, we couldn't do it. It was either wrong outright or it was wrong. So they go back and said, he said no. So all those, all those little kids are looking at me when they come out like, mm. <laughs> That's not cooperating. I'll ask the pastor and he said no. Well, the little kids or 40 or 50 year old kids don't get that. Can't go there anymore, but it's uh, Matthew 25. You're there. Look in verse 21. I tell you, this could get powerful. You know the story. Read it if you don't. But it's uh, the three stewards. And so the, the one steward that had five talents went and traded. In verse 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. That word faithful. Thou hast been faithful. Now, I've, I've preached this for many, many years. The word there can also be translated easily persuaded to believe. Say cooperate. Cooperate. Yeah. So is your system, is my system so good that I don't have to consider cooperating with the Lord's system? Well, you go, of course not. The Lord's always right. Well, if we really believe that, we would be cooperating. Our giving would be another thing. Our attendance would be another way. Our heart would be open if we were cooperating. But I'm telling you, we resist. And it doesn't serve us well. But there's no lightning from heaven. There's no ground that opens, swallows up, and come back together like in the Old Testament. There's, there's no enemies that the Lord said, go get them, smack them. It's not that way at all. We're under grace. We are in the dispensation of grace, the church age. So none of that happens. Jesus took all the judgment for us. He bore it all. So when we mess up and there's consequences, he bears it. But it doesn't go as well as it could because if we don't cooperate, we resist and we make ourselves, we deify ourselves. We're saying me and the Lord are voting. 
And if, if I don't vote like he thinks I should, well, then we're going to go my way. You go, that can't be right. Sure it is. If the word says to do something and we say, we don't say I'm not going to do it. We just don't do it. Unless there's a, an angel that comes through the wall and says, you better do it. Oh, okay, we'll do it now that you've appeared. But that's not as strong as the word saying, do it. I'm not trying to get under the law here, but cooperation is not the law. It's like, Lord, you've got the better way. Two is better than one. Can I get in on your good deal? Can I, can I team up with you? Well, sure, son. Everything I have is yours. Everything I can do is for you. So we go, I'm going to cooperate with him. He showed me his potential. I'm going to cooperate. So easily persuaded to believe. Let's put this first person that and say it together. I'm easily persuaded to believe. It's a key. And the people argue with me when I say that. And they say, well, you know, you don't want to be naive and be taken advantage of. Well, that's what the Holy Ghost is in there for, to check you. But unless you have an obvious thing from the word that it's sin or Holy Ghost comes and says, that's not right. It's deceptive. Do it. Do it. Go into business. Change houses. Move to another city. Whatever he says to do, do it. Cooperate. You go, well, it didn't make sense. I know what he said, but it didn't make sense. That's how I got to Alabama. It did not make sense. Didn't know anybody here. Didn't know anybody here. Knew one man, a traveling guy that had come into my church. That was from Birmingham, and I knew him. And we didn't know anybody else. But we cooperated. And you and I have to cooperate. Luke 15. Y'all can take a little more. You're so tough. Luke 15. That's where the amen went. <laughs> wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. We want to go home. <laughs> no, you don't. This is the best time of your week. You, have, you will not have a better time than right here except to be carrying out and doing what you learned here. It says in verse 11 of chapter 15, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now that's a cultural thing. We might not get what that literally means, but in their culture you could do that, obviously. Is that right? Okay. So it, just because it doesn't mean that's what we do, that doesn't mean it, it doesn't apply. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country. We're getting out of Dodge, aren't we? We're not just moving down the street. We don't want nobody to know what we're doing. We don't want anybody checking up on us. We don't want the neighbors seeing us what we did and reporting back to daddy. Went to a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. That's not even hard to imagine. Do you all know anybody that, that picked up their wagon when they, when, you, when they couldn't cooperate with you, couldn't align, couldn't submit, couldn't agree, and they pick up their wagon and then they go and their life falls apart? I was talking about it this week, somebody that's just had blessing after blessing, but his life has just fallen apart at every turn. Every turn. It's like, surely you can't mess that up. Oh, yeah, I just messed it up. And so... Uh, and when he had spent all 14, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. 
Jesus said, in the world you'll have famines come in and you'll get hungry. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. That's, that's hard on a Jew boy, isn't it? And he would have filled his belly with the husk of that swine, husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave, gave unto him. So we would say this is a Red Sea thing. This was a no water in the wilderness thing. We would say this was we're hungry thing. It's, it's what happens. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. But then verse 17 it says, and when he came to himself. You know, that's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. Yeah. Certainly a red letter. When the Lord Jesus said of this man that had thrown his life away, he said, and when he had come to himself. The word when there means everybody comes to themselves eventually. You could come to yourself before you had to go into the pig pen. You could come to yourself before you did riotous living, whatever that is. You know, we kind of know what then and now it's all kind of the same, riotous living. It, and so it says when he came to himself. So he could have come to himself sooner. He could have stayed home and cooperated with the father. But he thought he knew more than dad. He, he could have stayed in the area. And he could have gone into partners with his brother, although that's really what he had already. There's just a hundred things that we can even see from this long ways off how he could have cooperated and it would have been better for him. I can do better. Yes. Let's, let's put ourselves in the pig pen. I could have and I can do better. I could have and I can do better. And some people don't learn from their mistakes. They just rip their life open and it just falls apart and they don't even know it. Well, it was because of this and because of him and because of they and everything. And then they never see that they're in the pig pen and nobody's given to them. This one person that I'm thinking about that's just lost everything. That's what he's done every time. He said, well, I'm, I, and you've, you've heard of, of people that said, well, my deal fell through, but I've got another deal. And I'm going to work it and it's going to it'll, it'll all work out. It's because of this and because of them and because of that, because of the economy and this that, and the other. When you know my stuff works in the bad economy and my stuff works around bad people and my stuff works in every kind of market and 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 financial. My stuff works. Does your stuff work? Yes, it does. So you can't say, well, it's that 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 put me under. He always causes us to triumph. So no matter what's going on, it doesn't matter if you need a coin to come up in the fish's mouth. Your hook's going to find it. My hook is going to find it. And I'm going to simply, I'm not going to go out there and put a steam motor on a contraption to pump the Red Sea dry. I'm going to just raise my rod. <laughs> I'm like, how could it be? How could it be so simple? Yeah. How could it be so simple? And how could we not cooperate with it? So uh, he was, this man was not easily persuaded to believe. That's where I was going with that. But I, I don't want to be that man. Because you could be 69 years old and never cooperated with the Lord. Just, just gave him what you had to. And didn't even really say it was him. Just kind of moved on your own. And you could leave this earth and never had anything. If we went into that Matthew 25 story, we would see about the, the steward that had one talent and buried it. 
It was based solely and absolutely totally on him unwilling to cooperate. Because his two, two friends there, they cooperated and look. And he could have doubled his money like both of them did, but he would not cooperate. He said unto himself, I got this. And I've got lots of things in my life that I said. Not, I didn't say them, but just by not giving him the credit or not cooperating, I said, I got this. Y'all got any of those in, any I got this in, in your life? And two is always better than one. And if we check in, the Lord wouldn't say, I didn't know you had all that good stuff. I need that. I want to take that away from you. I didn't know you was living such a good life. Well, we, we want to make you suffer a little bit. It's just never that way. Whatever's good, he makes gooder. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so I, I studied this a little bit. Uh, this, uh, this uh, he came to himself. That, that is so powerful. He came to himself. So I looked it up in the Hebrew. And the Hebrew literally means at the time he set himself. He came to himself at the time he set himself. So that means that that was a decision he could make. In other words, I can cooperate anytime. There's always a way out. There's always a turn in the, in the road that you can pull off of this destruction path and you can pull over here. You got to humble yourself. You got to call someone and say, I was wrong. Would you have me back? Which is what this story is about. He called dad. He went to dad and dad said, I've been looking for you every day. That's a, that's a type of cooperation. How much better could it be for you and me? Well, why, why are we not paymasters? It's simple. It's not the Lord's will that you not be a paymaster. Well, he gives money to some and he gives. The, nope. He's giving it to all of us. It's because I didn't cooperate. Because I wouldn't give when he said give. I didn't give the amount or the place or the whatever with joy when he said to. Well, I don't know your story. I know some of mine. I look back on it and go, man, I missed it there. Well, it's okay. It turned out okay. No, it didn't. It just turned out. It could have turned out exceeding abundantly above. But instead, it turned out just like I expected it to. And no more. I'm going to cooperate from now on. I'm going to cooperate with people. I cooperate with my wife. I cooperate. I don't say it's my way or the highway. That's not cooperating. Two is better than one. And no matter how right you are, if you disagree and don't cooperate, you're wrong. Did you hear that? No matter how right you are, <laughs> if you don't cooperate, you're wrong. Being right doesn't make you right. The Moffat says when he realized what he was doing, he thought. The, uh, the Rue says this brought, this brought him to himself. Have you ever had an aha where you came to yourself, you go, dear Lord, that was bonehead. That was terrible. That was idiotic. I hope nobody noticed. And they're all calling you saying, what were you doing? And they all noticed. You were the last one to know. Do you all know many times everybody knows except us? And we do, but we're just, we're going to see if we can make it go without giving it up. We're going to see if we can make, be right, even though we're pretty sure. It's just pride, isn't it? It says, I, I'm, I'm going to prove myself right here. And I'm going to go to the bottom trying to find a way out to be right. Yeah. It happens all the time. Glory to God. So I wrote down, how long and how much trouble would you endure 
before you became easily persuaded to believe. We're pretty tough. We'll endure a lot of suffering. Thinking, thinking, that's just part of the process. And it is the world's process, but it's not God's process. If you and I would cooperate, if we would meditate his word, would that be cooperating? Lord, I want to get the keys of the kingdom inside of me. Do you want to give? Well, the Lord's got plenty of money. This church has got plenty of money and this, that, and the other. It's, it has nothing to do with the Lord or the church. I'm going to cooperate with seed time and harvest. It's for me. And others, but me, I, it's got to come through me. What about forgiveness? Forgiveness is just not cooperating. Nobody likes to admit they're wrong and to humble themselves. Nobody likes to. It's not fun. It's not like you, I'm looking forward to messing up so I can fix it. But the faster you fix it, the more you come into agreement with the word and with whoever you're at odds with. They have the power, the exponential power. Two puts 10,000 to flight. If you can come into agreement with them, cooperate with them instead of being uh, offended or whatever, they have the power to quadruple, even fivefold your life beyond what you can do by yourself. I, I need you is what we should be thinking. What was I thinking? We were thinking they were wrong. Well, maybe they were wrong, but if you're at odds with somebody, it doesn't matter. Got to cooperate. So that's why the word says to forgive. That's why the word says get along. That's why the word says to agree with one another. It's because this thing is so, so powerful. Uh, and I'll finish with this. I, I didn't finish, but I got Wednesday coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wrote down Revelation displaces natural thinking and reasoning. Say Revelation. revelation. Now you and I, we are people of Revelation. You are not, I am not smart enough to think it out, to reason it out. We, we don't have time for one thing. We got other things to be going on. We need to just get the answer from heaven and be done. Yes. And the way you get that is that you promise to yourself that when the answer comes, you promise to yourself to do the answer. Instead of like, well... I'm going to think about that. that. That's not exactly what I wanted or what I thought was best. And I'm, instead of just saying, I've heard from heaven. I'm going after it as hard and fast as I can. And uh, it changes everything. Uh, Matthew 16 says, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I wouldn't make a move without that without cooperating with heaven. Psalm 1, you know that. It says, blessed is him that does not cooperate with the ungodly, the lawless, the, you know, read Psalm 1. You'll, you'll find all those bad guys. Blessed is he that does not sit in the seat of the scornful. That means cooperate. Co cooperate with the scornful. It seems to be worth reading. So I believe I'll just turn. I, I, I cannot quote it, so I will read it. I know where it is. Here it is. Blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walketh, cooperate. I'm not cooperating with them. I'm resisting them. Or standeth in the way of sinners. 
The word way there means the purposes of the sinners. We can get rich doing this. And then lastly, it says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Scornful means boastful. I got this. That'll get over on you. We got this. And you don't got nothing until you're in agreement with heaven. So we're cooperating with the word of God. We're cooperating with the man and the woman of God. Sure, they've been wrong before. We tell our kids, cooperate with your parents. It'll go well with you. Will they be perfect every time? Not at all. But we should apologize to our children who are wrong. We should. You know, we don't slobber around and say mama was a bad woman and everything. We just say, you know, I missed it on that. But I appreciate you submitting and cooperating. I bless you now. And the blessings will come on that. But if you hold it back like, I can't do that, I'll lose my authority. You didn't have any anyway. Our authority is not from being right. Our authority is being honest in our authority. Because no matter what happens here at River Church, I'm still the pastor. And I hope to have people in this church that can out-preach me, out-teach me, out... Well, everybody can out-sing me, so that, that's not an issue. I am not wanting to be the best of everything and then keep people that are better and more equipped than I am out. But I'm still the pastor. It doesn't matter what they do better than me. I'm still the pastor. And the, the father is still the father. It doesn't matter how smart she is. Huh? Yeah. You know, he, he, he wants to big dog it because he wants to look like he's the strongest and the greatest and everything. When actually she's smarter and listens to God and cooperates better and, and you're, you're pulling all sorts of junk. And uh, he's like, just be honest and say, she's got it. I'm used to that. I'm used to, the, to people being with me that outdo me in many realms. But it doesn't change who I am. So I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not intimidated. I am who he made me. And it will never be different than that. Yes, Amen. Hallelujah. So Lord, we cooperate. Right now we just change. All of us in this place. All of us online. We just decide. Decision is the place of power. Deci deciding to agree to cooperate will release power into our lives. We agree, Lord, to uh, cooperate with you, your word. And with those around us and those under us, Lord, we we are not the whole thing, but we are who you made us. And Lord, it'll turn out. So, Lord, we change our path, our course, our way. And it works out. We thank you that two is better than one. We thank you, Lord, your word in us are two are two that are better than one. And Lord, we thank you for marriages of cooperation. Lord, we need that. There's so much power in there. There's 10,000 to flight. And oh, that's 10, that's 10 times more than one can put a thousand. So Lord, we, we change. I change in Jesus name. Thank you for helping us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, that was a good word.